praise the Lord. Hang on just a second. We're just going to make one more little shift here. Hallelujah. We're so glad to see all of you power-packed ladies. Aren't you glad that we don't have to try to get God to do something, but that we can just enter into what he has done in Christ Jesus, sing about it, shout about it, dance about it. Psalms 30 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Aren't you glad for joy? You say, I don't understand why people want to uh, shout or praise the Lord. I don't understand. Really? I don't understand why you don't want to. And really, I found out something about praise and worship. It runs the devil scared. He runs him off. I mean, nothing makes him more nervous than people who magnify the Lord. It makes him a nervous Hallelujah. wreck. Hallelujah. makes him a nervous wreck. It makes it him a nervous wreck. He can't stand it. Listen, the devil's not afraid. He, listen, you know what he's afraid of? And so, and so are the, the people who cause war. They're afraid of all of us who praise and pray. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know whether to be offended. Uh, I look like those girls. <laughs> the groovy chicks or whatever. The groovy they were. chicks. That was my era. That's you do kind of look like them, don't you? No, this was a mistake. I didn't ask for this. You know, I, I asked for a wave. You can sit down if you'd like. Oh, Hallelujah. I tell you. But you know what? Don't miss an opportunity to respond in faith. Because I want to tell you something. When we're gathered together to, in, in this meeting, I, I have a sense of such vital importance of this day. Don't vital, you? Vital importance. So important that we don't sit back and do nothing no, with no. what. But faith demands, really, where there is no confession, where there is no action, there is no faith. Oh. Faith without works is dead being alone. You say, well, I don't even know. I don't even know how to walk by faith. Don't miss an opportunity to express either through words or deeds that you believe God. And, you know, when you come together like this, maybe one person will, will kind of, you know, light up and, and you look at them and the Bible says in Romans 12 to rejoice with them. Don't watch them. Rejoice with them. You say, why should I do that? Because it's contagious. And you can catch a spirit of faith. And if you'll just hook up with them, actually what's on them can come on you. And that anointing that breaks the yoke, really, it just begins to multiply as people just hook up. And you just, you, and, and rather than sit back and, and just watch the show, just enter in. You are the show. We are the show. You are the ones who've been redeemed. You are the ones who've been filled with the very power of God. You are the ones. We're not waiting for someone else to show up. We're in. Hallelujah. I mean, it's like that story I heard several years ago, you know, about that guy who wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and so he, you know, he was kind of having a little difficulty receiving. And Have so you heard this story? Someone told him about a man he could pray with. And he said, oh, everybody he prays with receives. Everybody. And so he said, well, would he pray with me? He said, oh, sure. So he met me. He said, sure, I'll pray with you. I don't mind. But he said, I have this special spot that I like to pray. He said, well, I'd be happy to pray with you there. He said, okay, meet me tomorrow, and that's where we'll go. 
So in the next day they met and he said, you know, just walk with me a little ways. It's just a little ways up here. And so they started walking together and they were walking, they were walking. And after a little bit, the man looked at him and he said, well, how much further is it? He said, it's not too far. It's not much much further. So they walked a little while longer, walked a little while longer. The guy said, are we getting close? He said, oh, yeah, we're getting close. They walked a little while further, a little while further, a little while. Finally, the guy looked at him. He said, listen, he said, I'm not going any further. If I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to get filled right here and right now. And that guy looked at him. He said, that's That's the the spot. spot. This ain't no time to shut her down. You came here and there's adversity. I'm telling you, get a number. You ain't first. (laughs) Get in line. If you came here and there's nothing and you just came to get stronger and stronger and stronger, that's great because there's some wonderful things that we have to do. We have to finish. Do you understand that? We have to. It's up to us. When adversity comes, that ain't the time to crank it down, honey. That's the time to put the pedal to the metal. That's the You know why? Because he's just trying to stop you from doing what God really wants you to do. Because you might change another nation. You might go to a country. You might talk to somebody at Walmart. You might talk to somebody at somebody somewhere. You might talk to somebody at Dillard's. The devil wants you to shut your mouth. Well, you know what I do? Whatever he says, don't do. I do more of. Don't dance. Don't give. Write another check. Don't shout. Ah, glory. Whatever he says, don't do. You talking to me, devil? You talking to me? Excuse me. You talking to me? Don't pray. For goodness sakes, don't pray. Don't fall on your face and weep over the nations and then call down principalities and power. Because, you know, you're in a mess. My kids are doing this. My husband's doing this. The husband, we got a tape for you, for your husband. It's called How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) And when adversity comes, you better know. You better mark it. There's something right around the corner that you're supposed to walk into. Really, I love... I know sometimes I walk around my bedroom or in the hotel room and I'm going like this and I'm going, dear God, what's wrong with me? I just, I'm always so stirred. What's wrong? I'm always stirred. And I'm just trying to be calm in front of people, you know, and I'm sitting there high. Yes, hi, glad to meet you. On the inside, I'm going, whoa! I got life, I got power! Oh, I'm just trying to hold her, you know, hold, hold her nude. She's heading for the pee patch, you know, that old, old movie. It's an old movie that they made just right after they had the, the silent pictures. Two cowboys were riding back. They were on their horse, and one guy said, hold her nude. She's heading for the pee patch. That's the way I feel. I'm heading for So let me give you my vita in him for right now. You know, people need, people are always wanting strength and energy. And, you know, many Christians, they are sincere. They love God. But yet they are weak. And they're not consistent in their life that God has for them to live. 
And if that's you and you're in here tonight and you say, I love God, but I just don't feel very strong. And you're talking about being strong and girl, you know, the power of God. And I just don't sense that power. And, and you think, I just don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I just don't seem to have that. Uh, well, let me just tell you something. The best thing for you to do is to become aware of the incredible, immense strength that is in you because you are now in Christ. And if you will just become aware of it, let me tell you, you don't have to make it happen. You just have to become aware of what has happened. And many Christians, though they are sincere and they are honest before God, they are weak in their walk of faith with God. And the number one reason is because they have not yet boldly dared confess who God says they are. And stand up in the face of seemingly uh, 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 circumstances and, and feelings and, 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 and things that seem to deny the truth. And declare boldly what God says about them. If you will begin to just uh, be, you say, well, I just don't feel like it's true. You'll never feel like it's true if you don't begin to confess what God says about you. And in Philemon 6, this is my, you know, you say, I just need a little strength. Well, B, this is my B vitamin, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the thing that gives me uh, power to endure, the thing that causes me to be strong. I told Nicole, the young lady that's with us, I said, if I was listening to them talk about, you know, somebody just, you know, might shout or sing and they might say, or you might see things you might not understand. I said, if I was listening to them talk about that and I didn't understand the reason behind why people are strong, why we're strong, why we have something that, that is sure, more sure than the in the changing things of this world. I said, I'd sit back and say, oh, don't say that. But I know it's not me. I know it's the one who is living in me. And I'm just aware of him. And when you become aware of him, did you know that anybody, listen to me, anybody can be strong. Anybody. Anybody can be changed no matter what's happened to you. Anybody can be set free. Philemon 6 says that the acknowledging of our faith, that, that, that the sharing or acknowledging of our faith may be effective, effectual by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. I, I love, you know, this is really, I mean, this is what got me going. I was born again, but I found out not only did I have a home in heaven, but heaven had a home in me. And it was through the acknowledging of those things that my faith became effectual. That word effectual means powerful. He says that the participation, this is the amplified, and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition, appreciation, understanding, and precise knowledge. I like that. It's a woman's Bible, isn't it? Understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. Honey, I'm telling you, if you want to know how to look at a nose hair of a devil and not sweat a stitch, begin to speak those things that are true of you. Begin to say that you have been redeemed 
when you don't feel like anything's changed and begin to say what God says about you. I love what the one, uh, I think it's love, it's paraphrase. Somebody gave this to me. I have it on my wall in my uh, closet. It says, I pray that everyone you meet will catch your faith and learn from you how wonderful it is to live in Christ. Isn't that good? I know everybody Everybody in here has to get over that. You know, well, somebody else is, can do it better than me. Listen, the devil wants you to feel insignificant. But I'm here to tell you that your faith in God makes you the most significant person that's ever lived on this earth. And you can get anywhere from right here when you know the truth of what God has done. That's why I love this song that we're going to sing because it is a song that takes a hold of that confession of who God has made us to be. Could we do something right now? Everybody just lift your voice and begin to pray. In this. this scripture came to me when uh, Pastor Donna told me the title of the uh, thing, uh, the, the conference, and I was... Um, this was so strong in, in my heart. It says, um, I need King James. No, read, read 17.6 for me. Acts 17.6. Uh-huh. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. You know, Paul and Silas, they, you know, they were going everywhere preaching and they were just in these people's homes and they had left and so the people that were causing problems went to the home to try to get Paul and Silas and Paul and Silas had gone. They said, well, okay, we'll just take you. <laughs> you know, it's association. <laughs> we'll just take you. So they took them out and I read this and it said, another translation said, uh, Living New Testament said, these people have turned the rest of the world upside down and now they are disturbing our city. I love disturbing cities. I don't mean to do it, you know, to, to be mean about it. I'm just preaching Christ and they get disturbed. But because there are devils and devilish activity, you, you know, they're going to be disturbed. The, another one said, these people have raised a tumult, 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 T-U-M-U-L-T, commotion throughout the empire. Listen, throughout the empire and they've come here also. They just weren't over there, but oh my Lord, they've come here. These are, these are, there's always people that cause trouble. This one is really good. It's the Message Bible. Uh, these people are out to destroy the world. Now that's true, but that ain't true about us. That's true about people living in the world today. They're out to destroy the world. But see, this the devil's crazy. You know, you sit there and you go, oh, God, I can't pray. I don't feel a thing. The devil's nuts. He'll make you think that. He's nuts and he wants you nuts. It's just everything's backward. You understand? Backward. It said, there are people out there that are trying to destroy the world. And now they've shown up on our doorstep attacking everything that we hold dear. My main point, you women are the ones turn the world upside down. Praise God.
turn the world upside down. What song are we singing? Oh, I love this song. We write a lot of confession songs on who you are in Christ. And most of my songs that I write are right in the middle of a battle. And so... Um, but your faith works best right in the middle of a big old fat test. Right there. And so and the devil says, you know, your checkbook will never change. And you can, and you'll say, oh, you know, that that situation will never change. Your kids will never get off drugs. You know, you know, your husband will never change. All these things that, that, he, that he says, oh, you'll never finish that. You'll never finish. You'll never get to that nation. You won't get to another one. You, da, 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 you'll never be healed. And so I, I just said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just wait a minute. So this, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the kinds of powers when I sing this song. Excuse me? It's like I'm, I'm wearing a name tag. I'm stirred for the nations. I'm stirred for the lost. I'm stirred for the sick. I'm stirred for the Muslims to get saved too. I'm stirred for Israel. I'm stirred for America. Don't you see? Oh, don't you see? You've got to act free in front of everybody else. When you walk out, Lois said something once. She said, she was preaching. She said to somebody, and yes, I'll let her preach. They said, uh, she said, does somebody see anything in you that they want? I had to think about that. Are you sure this is good to do this? Oh, I'm glad. I'm positive it's good to do it. We did it in Germany. The Germany Rayma director just stared. We got through the meeting, and I thought something was wrong. I thought he was going to say, all right, don't you ever do that again. And I'm open. If someone tells me not to do it, I won't do it. You can jerk me off the platform. I do not care. It won't bother me. I want to do what's right. And maybe I'll learn. I'll learn from that. I want to be teachable. And I said, I walked up to him, I said, was everything okay? He said, I've been here 10 years and I've never seen Germans act like that. Revivalist. Revivalist. Everywhere I go, people say, well, we need a revival. Yeah, but you know what? Revival comes from revived people. what they do. They, they go away, those football players, and they go back to the thing, and they get and they take some oxygen. They get oxygen. They get it. They go back out in the deal. Taking breath. Revival. Breath. Breath. We're revived. Everywhere I go, they say, turn the world upside down. That's what they say about you. That's what they say about you. Don't even know it. Uh, is this good? Yes, it's good. In fact, French, the most stuffy, intellectual, heady people for some reason like me. I don't get it. 
very intellectual, very, very confrontive. But the French, I tell the Americans, don't you dare go over there and act stuffy and sit there like nothing's happening to you. Because they all think every American Christian acts like us. Glory to God. And honey, they're bouncing off the walls. The pastors. Hallelujah. This little Southern Baptist Jew Pentecostal. We're on a mission. You're on a mission. It doesn't really matter what anybody thinks of you. It's what do they think of Christ when you came through. Lois, you want to share something? Why don't you sit down? The anointing is so strong. You guys are, whoo. Everybody say, I walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. That's a real good thing to say because you have to purpose to walk by faith. It doesn't come natural. It's supernatural. You have to learn to live by faith. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's saying, of all the things I've told you, he said, it's very important for you to get this point. Everybody likes it when somebody does make a point who's preaching. He says... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. One translation says, draw your strength from the Lord and his mighty power. So good. Of all the things he said in Ephesians, he boils it down to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Philip says it like this. In conclusion, be strong. Not in yourselves, but in the Lord and in the power of his boundless resource. Weymouth says, in conclusion, strengthen yourselves in the Lord and in the power which his supreme might imparts. Isn't that good? Be strong in the Lord. You know, the word strong, there's the word for dynamite, dunamis in the Greek. He literally is saying that you are the container of the Lord's powerful, dynamic power. You're the container for that. It is the Lord's power, but you're the container for that. He has put his strength in you. And you know, the devil would like to make you think that you are the reason that God can't do what he wants to do in your life. But Jesus says, I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. And you can say, well, that's all right for Jesus. But Jesus says, I have made you the container of my mighty dynamic power. Now, I know that will mess with your head because you know you know your weaknesses and the devil will remind you of them daily. You know the things that you've done that you wish you hadn't have done. You know that without the grace of God, you haven't, uh, you know, you, you can't make it, but you're not without the grace of God. And if you begin to focus, you know, faith does not work by seeing what you, who you are. Faith works by seeing who Christ is in you. But I want you to get that because, listen, he said, be strong in the Lord. Literally, the word for dynamite there. And, and in the power of his might. 
And the reason I love that phrase, the power of his might, you know, that's two other power words. Uh, power, uh, the words, you know, you, you know they're, they're probably just Greek to you, but they're kratos, kratos, however you want to say it, K-R-A-T-O-S, and, and the other one I can't pronounce, I-S-C-H-U-S. But he's saying literally a power that is in you, the power of his might, the best way for me to explain to you what he means by the power of his might is Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, because the exact same phrase is used in Ephesians chapter 1, 19 through 20. And he says the exact same thing, except in the, uh, in the King James, they, they said it like this. He says, uh, what is, he's praying for you to know, the eyes of your heart would be enlightened that you would know the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And then he prays for this. And the exceeding, what is the exceeding greatness? Now, just listen. Now, this is just standard King James, okay? This is not the Amplified. The exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. And you say, what kind of, what are you talking about? How exceeding great is his power toward us who believe? It exceeds, but what, what, what's the, you know, we think, well, you know, I mean, I got this to deal with. And God says, well, let me show you how much I have to deal with your this. And he says, and it really helps me. I mean, I don't know if it helps you, but, you know, some people just, uh, uh, you know, had all the advantages of a heritage of faith. And, you know, I, I mean... I didn't have that advantage. So if there was going to be a turnaround in my family, I was going to be the one to turn it. You know what I'm saying? But aren't you glad that no matter what, you might not have anyone in your house but you who believes God. But if you believe God, your faith in God is greater than all the unbelief around you. You say, is that really true? Absolutely it's true. In Genesis chapter 6, it says that the whole world... The Bible says the whole world, every thought of every man continually was evil. Everyone in the whole world. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he was a righteous man. And one man, one man who believed the word of God, his faith in God was greater than all the dis unbelief, disbelief around him. One man. Isn't that amazing? against the whole world, but it wasn't one man. It was one man who took a hold of God's word. And when you take a hold of God's word, instead of you planning your life, you get a hold of God's plan for your life. And when you get a hold of God's plan for your life, I'm telling you, you cannot be stopped. You cannot be stopped. And if someone tries to stop you, Acts chapter 5 says, God himself will fight against them. Whoa. Now that tells me, quit trying to plan your life and get a hold of God's plan for your life. But in Ephesians, he says this in verse 19, his exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. One translation says the limitless scope of his power, the incredibly immense strength available to you. And then it says this, according to... Now, this is how you can measure the exceeding greatness of God's power. According to the working of His mighty power. Same exact phrase in the Greek in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 when it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 
Except they just took it instead of saying, uh, 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 how does he say, according to the working of, instead of saying his mighty power, really it says according to the working of the power of his might. In other words, if you want to understand the kind of power, the strength that God is telling you to be strong in, he said you can only understand it by seeing the very power that raised Christ from the dead. That's resurrection power. That's devil stomping, kicking power. That's the kind of power, when you become aware of that, you become confident in the face of any adversity. You become fearless. You become fearless, not because you don't face things that make other people shake, but you face them looking at them differently. I found out the first thing that changes when you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ is the way you see things. You know, they may, the things may not change, but I'll guarantee you the way you see them does. And if I can get you to change the way you see them, you can take the borders off of your life and you can move in instead of backing off. I heard a, I got to read you this story. This is really, I, I, this is just for you tonight, really. I just felt that it was an inspired word. I was praying, Lord, a word from heaven that will help them to see that they can break through the places that the devils tried to make them, confine them, and cause their life to become small, that they can break through with the greatness of your power in them, and that as they release their faith in the power of God, that they move on in. You can sit back and you can just, you know, say, well, it's not for me. But the reason I read you Ephesians 6.10 and Ephesians 1 is I want you to see it is for you. Jesus died to make you full of his power, the same mighty power that he demonstrated in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I'm telling you, the devil knows it. I just want to know if you know it. I'm telling you, he knows it. He knows you're full of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing else about that. Okay. Watch this now. Look, turn over to Numbers chapter 13. I was listening to a Bible tape today, and when I got to this part, I just, I just have to share it with you tonight. What? Oh, you can if you want. Is it bothering you? Okay, you can do whatever. I like it, but you know me. I like, I like moving the air. Numbers chapter 13 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men out to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you'll send a man, every one a leader among them. He said, I want you to send out people. You say, what does he mean by leaders? I want you to send out people who what they choose will influence others. The greatest thing about faith in God is the influence you can have over others. Oh, my. You've never really enjoyed being a Christian until you see someone's face light up who's been in the dark. You've never really, I mean, if you're in, you want to know the most miserable people in the world today? It's people who are doing nothing with what God has given them. Those are the most miserable people. I mean, you've never met, met someone mean until you've met a Christian 
who does nothing with what God has done for them. And so in Numbers chapter 13, see, because it's really not about how much faith you have. It's how much faith you use. You're trying to get more faith. And really, if you want to know the key to getting more faith, use what you have. When God says do something, do it. And you say, why should I, why should I do that? Because if you'll do it, Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter to the perfect day. The New Living Translation says, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. In other words, he says, that If you want to know what it's like living for the Lord, it's like when you see the sun come up in the morning, you got some light that's coming up, but he says it keeps going up and it keeps until the very light of day. That's exactly what it's like, the path of the righteous. It just gets brighter and brighter as you take one more step and take another step and another step. And those steps are steps of faith. They're steps of obedience if you read the book of Hebrews, when it talks about this story in Hebrews 3 and 4, it describes it two different ways. It describes it as a, a, the example of unbelief, and it describes it as the example of disobedience. Disobedience and unbelief run together. Obedience and faith run together. Just like disobedience, disobedience and uh, uh, unbelief run together. You understand what I'm saying? So now the day has come in Numbers 13, and God says, I want leaders to go spy out the land. So they go spy out the land for 40 days, and it says, you can turn that down if you want, just a little bit. And it says, uh, after 40 days, they came back. And I mean, Moses told them, he said, go see how big the giants are. Go see how what the land looks like. Go, I mean, he didn't tell them to go and just hide your eyes and don't look at anything because, you know, oh, you know, you might get scared. You might feel you might feel inferior you might he told him go look at it go spy out the land see what it's like and so they all went and spied out the land and it says in numbers chapter 13 it says that when they they came back to moses and the congregation in verse 26 uh they showed them the fruit of the land in verse 27 and they went to the land where where you sent us and it truly flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit nevertheless the people who dwell in the land are strong the cities are fortified very large moreover we saw the descendants of anak there the Am Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amurites, and all kinds of ites dwell in the mountains. And Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. And Caleb quieted the people. In other words, they're talking about all these people and how they dwell in the land. And he says, uh, he, he quieted the people before Moses. Now, there were 12 people who went in. Ten of them have said, they're all really big. They're all really strong. And Caleb quieted the people and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Amen. Caleb said, you know, we got to quit talking about, uh, we got to quit talking about uh, all the, 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 the obstacles and all the problems. I, you know, we're not unaware of them, but we need to remember the promise of God. Yes. We need to remember the promise of God. Now, I want you to notice something here now, because listen, Joshua and Caleb 
did not have some special in with God. God didn't love them more than the other ten spies. God didn't, you know, they didn't see anything different than the other ten spies. They saw exactly, they all saw the same thing. I know the devil likes to make you think, if that hadn't happened to you, if you hadn't had this in your life, you could believe God. But I got news for you. I got news for you. It doesn't really matter how big your issue is. The exceeding greatness of his power is beyond what your issue is. And if you'll put your faith in that power, you will experience the same mighty deliverance that worked in Christ when God raised him from the dead. And so it says here that they, uh, they said, let us go up at once for we are well able. We can. The word able means we can do it. We can do it. It's literally translated and saying we can do it. Don't you like that? Oh, I, I like it a lot. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. They gave the children of Israel. I want you to look in verse 32 here. It says, they gave the children of Israel a bad or an evil report. In other words, what they said about what God had promised them at that point changed their destiny. They said, they gave an evil report, and people say, well, it doesn't really matter what you say. I mean, you know, it's just not that big a deal. Yeah, isn't that interesting? You think it's not a big deal until somebody else is talking. And then, what'd they say? What'd they say? Could you tell me what they said? Hello, Susie, what did she say? And then, all of a sudden, what you say is very important. You say, well, and really, you know what's very interesting about that is so many times we put more importance on what others say than on what we say. And really the most important words are not what they say. The Bible doesn't say you're going to have what they say. The Bible says you're going to have what you say. But so many times we put the importance, more importance on what they say. Listen, you're going to make a big step forward in faith when you put more importance on what you say than on what they say. Glory to God. And so the Bible said that they said, uh, 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 they, they gave the children of Israel a bad report, an evil report. And the land, they said, that we've gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. In other words, they began to see themselves. It wasn't really about the, you know, it really wasn't about the, the adversaries that they were going to face. It really had nothing to do with their adversaries. It wasn't about their problem, their issue. The real problem was what they said about themselves. They said, we are like grasshoppers. We are like grasshoppers. And, and Joshua and Caleb, listen, they saw exactly the same thing. They were not perfect men, but the Bible says that they believed the promise of God. 
What is the promise of God for you to believe? That you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The same mighty power which he raised Christ from the dead that gives you victory. When I'm singing I've got the victory, I'm not thinking about what I've done. I'm not thinking about, okay, I got that bill paid off, praise the Lord. All right, I got this, I've got, you know, I didn't, I didn't get mad at my husband when he left his dirty socks on the floor. Hallelujah, I've got the victory. <laughs> That's not what I'm thinking about. That's not why I'm jumping and shouting. Oh boy, oh boy, I lost four pounds. Hallelujah, I got the victory. That's not... <laughs> But listen, if those are the reasons you jump and shout, you'll be crying more than you'll be singing. Listen now. You'll be crying more than you're singing. And you won't, listen, you won't have a day of sunshine very often. But when you start staking your claim on the things that God has said about you and you start finding out who you are in Christ Jesus and you start saying things. I say it all the time. I don't even think about it. I mean, it really is. It really is my address, so to speak. You know, this is where I live. I have to live here. If I don't live here, I mean, you don't want to know me without God's help, grace, and glory. I mean, you know, I don't want to know myself. Listen, the, the power of God, the mighty power of God takes people who would normally back off and say, I ain't going any further and stand them up right on the edge of their destiny and say, it doesn't matter what I have to face. I'm not afraid of the problem because I have an answer that came before the problem ever showed up. Yeah. Woo! And you just throw your head back right in the middle of a big old fat storm and say, I've got the victory. You got to learn how to do that. It's a secret of faith. It's a secret of living in the very life. Listen to me. World changers are not changed by the world. They are changed by the word of God. And I read something the other day. They said, you know, people really don't read their Bibles much anymore. And, and, you know, they call them cultural Christians. And, you know, they really, you know, they just need to have things that relate to them. And if you give them too much scripture and stuff, it's just kind of, you know, they don't read their Bibles, so they don't know it anymore. And I thought to myself, no, listen to me. The culture does not define the Christian. The Christian defines the culture. And without the word of God, you don't even know what it means to be a Christian. I don't know what you've been looking at. I don't know what you've been listening to. I don't know whose view you have. But I like the view of the exceeding greatness of his mighty power, which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him as his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all, pra- it just keeps going. I'm not amplifying it. I'm not bu- trying to ex- exaggerate. I'm trying to give you the words, the very words that the Apostle Paul wrote by the power of the Holy Ghost to hold the very exceeding greatness of the power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power of his might that is at work in you. You have been filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and on the edge of your destiny. Don't back off. I'll guarantee you. I'll guarantee you. You will see seemingly impossible situations. If you haven't seen them, you will. But you need to look at them differently. 
You say, how do you look at them? Look at them through the promise of God. You know, I love that 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be unto God who gives me, always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. And makes, it was a, he always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Isn't that a good scripture? Thanks be unto God. See, that's, I think about those scriptures when I'm thanking God. Thanks be unto God. He said, who always causes me to triumph. One translation says, uh, wherever I go, thank God. He makes my life a constant triumph. Well, why does that happen? Because the power that raised Christ from the dead is in me. You wake up in the morning, look in the mirror. Just look in the mirror and say, the life of God is in you. Just make it a habit. You know, watch the first words you say when you get up in the morning. Watch them. Don't get up in the morning going, oh, man, I'm hurting. Oh, I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. I'm so weak. I'm, oh, I'm so disappointed. Watch what you say. You say, well, it doesn't matter. Listen, that evil report changed the destiny of their life. Their life's boundaries were set by the words that they said. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not hard. You're con you will never walk by faith until you learn to say. You, you know, actually the word confession literally, literally means to say the same thing. It literally, you don't have to come up with something new. That's why I like that, that line. I, 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 don't, I don't need a feeling. I don't need something new. I got his word and I know it's true. You don't even have to come up with something new. You don't need a new script. You just need to learn the one that's been written. I always tell people whenever you're having a problem or a difficulty in life, just remember, it's an open book test. The answer's already been given before the problem ever showed up. And he says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest by us the savor of his knowledge in every place. I like that, in every place. In my mind, in my spirit, in my body. He said, there is a smell of victory on you. And you know that you may know the story, the incense. Literally, they would fill the air and it meant that they were coming home not to try to get the victory, but they were coming home to celebrate a victory that had already been accomplished. Yes. Listen, your faith won't work if you're trying to get God to do something he's already done. He's already given you the victory. And sometimes people get confused because they say, well, if it's true, then why is this happening in my life? There is a difference between the legal side and the vital side of redemption. The legal side is literally what God has done in Jesus Christ. It cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. And it is your place of faith. The vital side is how you take a hold and like the Bible says, hold fast to your confession of faith. And you say, why do I have to hold on to it if it's true? Because the devil wants to take it from you. But he's been defeated. He's been, you've been delivered from his authority. But you got to tell him because he won't tell you. 
you got to tell him. He's like a bad relative. He likes to move in, <laughs> live off of everything you've got, and then when you have nothing, he's, okay, goodbye. He wants to leave you high and dry. But when you know your authority, you say, uh-uh, you ain't having donuts at my table tomorrow morning. I know you were here yesterday, Jethro, but tomorrow morning, you are not having donuts with this groovy chick. You hear me? Listen, living for God is not complicated. The devil wants to complicate your life. But living for God is not complicated. When you understand the truth, it never changes. Faith works the same in every area of your life. It works the same with sickness. It works the same with sin. It works the same with issues, problems, fears. It works the same with finances. It works the same in every area of your life. Faith works the same. When you understand the promise of God, listen, there is a certainty that comes to your life. And it doesn't mean you won't have difficulties, but it does mean you will not be stopped by them. Hallelujah. So thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. I mean, really, it made me think about, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but a few years ago we went to a, a city in California Gilroy, California. Anybody in here know about Gilroy, California? You do? Gilroy, the garlic capital of the world. That's Gilroy, California. Am I telling the truth? The garlic capital of the world. We had a meeting in Gilroy, California, and we weren't just going to Gilroy, the garlic capital of the world. We went during garlic festival. We drove into town, it was either Friday or Saturday, and it was garlic festival in the garlic capital of the world. And at garlic festival, the garlic is all being harvested. It's either, it's, our, it's ripe in the fields or it's out, you know, right on the, st on the stands on the side of the road. And I mean, as far as maybe the area we were in, it was like this. And I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but I mean, you could look out our hotel room window and the field behind our hotel was full of fresh garlic. Now, you know, I'm not a real garlic lover. I like it okay cooked in food, but fresh, I mean raw. I mean, it is so strong, you cannot imagine it. Your skin smells like garlic. Your hair, the water coming out of the faucet smells like garlic. It tastes like garlic. I mean, everything in the city. It, I mean, my sheets on my bed smelled like garlic. There was garlic peanut butter, garlic ice cream, garlic chewing gum. I mean, there. if you could make it and put garlic in it they were doing it it was everywhere I woke up I thought man there's smells like a big old clove of garlic in this bedroom I went in the bathroom I said it smells like garlic in this bathroom I somebody give me a place of relief I went outside and it smelled like garlic and I thought about that 
that scripture in 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ. Makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. And I thought to myself, this must be how the devil feels when he comes to a place where people know the victory and the mighty power that's working in them because they're in Christ Jesus. And they shout about it. They dance about it. They run about it. This must be how the devil feels because it's in every place. It's in my mind. It's in my body. It's in my family. It's in my finances. It's in my feelings. It's everywhere. Do you believe it? Oh, I'm telling you, it's time to hogtie a devil. You know what I'm saying? It's time to let yourself get a lit a fire with the truth of God's word. And don't back off, women, because this is your day to demonstrate the very power that raised Christ from the dead. Don't be disappointed. Don't be disappointed because things haven't always been easy. Listen to me. Have you ever thought about Joshua and Caleb? They were ready to possess the land. They had a good report of faith. They did believe God. But they waited for 40 years. 40 years. Why did they wait 40 years? You know why I think they waited? Because God wanted to take everyone in. And they needed leaders They needed people who weren't afraid on the evil report. They weren't afraid. They weren't going to back off. They were going to go through. And when they came to Jericho, they just marched around seven times, seven days, and learned to shout the victory. They waited for 40 years, and they never changed their confession of faith. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. You can outlast the storm. You can outlast the difficulty. But you got to stay in faith. You got to keep your, you got to, like Brother Hagin used to say, keep the switch of faith turned on. And if you turned it off, flip it back on. You can easily do that. You say, how do you do that? Just hook right back up with the truth. And instead of saying, I just don't know if old Joe will ever change, start saying, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that where there was bondage, that there's freedom, I declare a day of deliverance for Joe in the name of Jesus. And I'm not coming off my confession because I know that Jesus Christ has made a way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can smell it in here tonight. (laughs) I don't know if you can smell it or not. But I can tell you someone who most certainly can, and that is your enemy. I don't know if you recognize the smell of victory, but I can tell you someone who does. He smelled it before on that day when Jesus Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. And the Bible says, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. I don't know if you you recognize that smell, but it is the very same smell that was in the very pit of hell on the day when the exceeding greatness of his power raised him up from the dead. And that power, mighty power, is in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, just lift your hands, everybody, and say, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty strength.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you Lord, thank for you, your Lord. mighty. Just say thank I'm you, Lord, for your mighty power. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. Thank you, Father. You know, I, I don't know who you have to look at. Maybe there's no one in your family that's ever been an example of faith. But I found out that when you get in Christ, you're a member of the family of God. And there is a new portrait that you can look at. You just have to take a look in the book. Glory. This is my family portrait. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.